0: The following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at ConnectionChurchNC.com. Listen, here at this place, there's a couple of questions that we're going to ask you as you leave. And the first one is going to be this, did you have fun in this place? We're going to ask your children the same question, did you have fun? Because we know what we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk about Jesus. So did you have fun learning about Jesus? And so guys, for the next 20 or 30 minutes right here, we're going to have fun. Is that okay with you all? Great. Because what you're getting ready to hear, not from me, not from me. Listen, I don't know what you're getting ready to hear from me, but what God is getting ready to say to you all is going to be the greatest news that some of you have ever heard. Like, you don't know why you're here this morning, but you're here because God has something that you need to hear. And it is news that is probably going to change the course of the rest of your life. And I believe it's such great news that not only is it going to change the course and direction of your life, but it may alter the course of your family's life and generations to come. That's how good the news that God wants you to hear is this morning. Amen? So y'all want to have some fun? I want to just say thank you for being here. If if you're a guest with us and you chose Connection Church to spend your Easter morning, man, we are blown away that you would come here into a school gym. You guys do know that this is a gym, right? Like we're going to have a little basketball tournament after we clear this stuff up. But you chose to come to a school gym to worship Jesus here this Easter Sunday morning. And so, man, we are blown away, and we thank you for being here. And so we're going to get this thing started. I hope that God says to you what he's been saying to me over these last few weeks. And so, you know, if you've seen TV, if, if you watch uh, much of the news some of you are moviegoers. some of you probably read a lot of books, but you know that, that there's a lot of talk right now. The afterlife and, and heaven is a hot topic right now, isn't it? I mean, it's such a hot topic right now that, that Hollywood has even tapped into it and they're trying to make a little bit of cash off of the hot topic of the afterlife and heaven. Some of you may watch a lot of TV... And you know that ABC has a very hit show right now and it's called Resurrection. Some of you may watch this every Sunday evening. I'm not sure if it comes on at 8 or 9 o'clock, but, but you've seen this show and it's one of your favorites. It's a hit show right now and it's about people coming back to life. Because this is a hot topic right now. Some of you may have seen the movie Heaven is for Real. Anybody in here seen the movie Heaven is for Real? Don't, don't no, Make some noise if you've seen it. Is it a good movie? I did too. You won't hear me say that very often, but I've read the book. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't see the movie yet, but I've read the book. I probably won't say that ever again in my life. But I read the book. Then Not the cliff notes, but the book. I, I, I saw and I see this, and I'm probably going to go check this out in the movie, because the pastor whose son this is is a Wesleyan pastor, just like I am. Man, this is a hot topic right now. I also picked up, not too long ago, a book called 90 Minutes in Heaven. Some of you may have seen this and some of you may have read it. I got about 60 pages into it. And I put it down. This is just a little... I'm just going to be honest. I got a little skeptical. I just got skeptical. I find it a little far-fetched. Is that okay for me to say in here? I find it just a little bit, so I put the book down. And then you find us here this morning. It's Easter, and and we're here gathered in this church. And we're celebrating, and we're singing, and we're raising our hands. and, And we're here today because of a man who died he was dead for three days i mean he was dead and they say that he got up he rose to life and not only did he raise or raise back to life but for about the next 40 days he walked around he talked he lived he breathed he did his thing for nearly 40 days and they say about around 500 people saw this man who was dead and then came back to life. Is it safe to say in this room this morning that I understand? If you're sitting there and you're hearing that and you're a little bit skeptical, it's safe to say in here that I understand if you're a little skeptical about what we're talking about here this morning. I mean, we're nearly 2,000 years removed from that event. 2,000 years removed from Jesus dying and being raised to life, walking around for nearly 40 days, and those 500 and some people seeing him. And guys, we're no different. Than the older people back way back when, right after Jesus did all of this. You see, about 24 years right after this event, 24 years right after Jesus rose from the dead, there was a certain city, a city by the name of Corinth, that there was all kinds of chaos that was taking place. All kinds of stories circulating, and some were true. Very few of them were true. There were a lot of them that were false. Because there was word on the street that this man had been raised from the dead, and some people believed it, and a lot of people didn't. So I understand why 2,000 years removed, some of us are skeptical. Because in just 20 some short years, there were people that were skeptical. But there was a man by the name of Paul who came on the scene there in that city of Corinth and he said, I've got to set the story straight. And Paul not only set the story straight, but he wrote about it. And so here on the screen, you're going to see Paul's letter, some of what he wrote to some of those people in Corinth. And I love Paul's approach because Paul didn't come and, and bash the people. He did not come with a lot of doctrinal essays. He did not come with a lot of facts and figures. He did not come with a stern, loud voice. Paul just said, "Hey, you know what? OK, I understand. I understand that you may be skeptical. I understand it. I'm just going to meet you where you are. Let's just say Jesus didn't rise from the dead, okay? That's what Paul says. Let's just say he didn't. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this is what you're going to see on the screen. We're going to start in Paul's letter at the 14th verse. And Paul says this. He says, as Christ has not been raised from the dead, he says, then our preaching is useless. All right. You guys know what that means? Do you know what that means? That means that we're here this morning wasting our time. If Jesus has not been raised from the dead, what we're doing here for about the next 20 minutes is absolutely useless. And all of you pretty ladies who have your nice Easter dresses on, I hope you kept your receipt. Because this is a waste of time. My preaching on most Sundays may be useless, but especially today, it is useless what he says about me but in verse 14 he also talks about every single one of you he says not only is Scott's preaching useless he says your faith if Christ has not been raised from the dead I understand your skepticism but if Christ has not been raised from the dead your faith is also useless you know what that means (laughs) it's a crapshoot guys This life is a risk taker's dream. Because if our faith is useless, man, I have no idea what's on the other side of this next breath. I just hope the Hindus are not right. Because you know how karma works. You see, if the Hindus are right and we're wrong... And this Jesus guy means nothing, and he wasn't raised from the dead. If the Hindus are right, then I'm coming back as a cat. (laughs) And I have a friend who owns a cat, and I give him the hardest time about his pet cat. I mean, a guy with a pet cat, I mean, come on. (laughs) Clap loud. I love you, Brian. (laughs) But if karma and the Hindus are right, I'm coming back as a cat because my faith is useless if Christ has not been raised from the dead. Paul's letter, he goes on, he says, Listen, you guys can listen if you want. I understand your skepticism. He goes in verse 17, he says, If Christ has not been raised, he says, Your faith is futile. Listen, I graduated from this school. God bless my English teachers, but I had to look up that word in the dictionary and it means unproductive. You can go and do all that you want. We can have an egg drop and a big give every single day and all that we do and we do and we do is going to do us no good. We can try to tell people about a Jesus who did not raise from the dead and He's not going to save anyone because He's not who He says He is. All this stuff that we do in the name of Jesus... It's unproductive. Good luck on the other side if Christ has not been raised from the dead. Ah, man. But then it gets personal. Because the second part of verse 17 gets very personal. You ready for this? He says, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then you and 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 and all of you all and me, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, We are still in our sins. And who this world says you are, all the shame. And all the guilt, who this world says you are, that's who you are, and your friends, and those people around you. Oh, yes, even some of those people who do not care for you, the ones who are out to get you and to hurt you, those people and what they think and say about you, because they may know who you really are. Because they see you when you're not at your best. They see you when the doors are shut. They see you when you have taken off all of the masks. And they see what the effects of the addictions are. And they know what it feels like to live with some of the abuse. And so what they think about you or what they may know about you, what they think and know, and that's who you are if Christ has not been raised from the dead. That's who you are. Hey, some of you know what I'm getting ready to say here is true. Because you know all about, and you know all too well about that little voice in your brain, and that little voice in your brain can, sometimes can be your worst nightmare and your worst critic, and it's that little voice in your brain that is always telling you that you're a failure, that you cannot do this, and that you should just quit. And that you should just give up. You should not even try. You are a loser. You might as well go and do that. And so it's that little voice that's telling you all of those negative things about yourself. This is who you are. if Christ has not been raised from the dead. Paul goes on in his letter. He goes into verse 19. This is personal. Listen, and he says this. If only for this life we have hope in Christ. He says we're to be pitied more than all men. we to be pitied. I am to be pitied more than all men because I believe that Christ has been raised from the dead and I believe that He has given me new life and I believe that there is hope. And if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then I am just living a pipe dream. I'm living some kind of messed up, sick and twisted fantasy You see, I think that I am Christ and all of His qualities and characteristics. I think that there is more to this life than just the mundane and the negative and the shame and the guilt. I think there's more in this life than just being reminded every day of all of the sinful things that I've done. I think that there's more to this life than that. But if Christ has not been raised from the dead, I am just absolutely pitiful believing that. Because not only am I to be pitied more than all men, but this right here is true about me. The fantasy is not reality. This. Is reality if Jesus Christ has not been raised from the dead. But Paul goes on, verse 20. Oh, can I say thank God for verse 20? Can we say thank you, Jesus, for verse 20? Thank you, Jesus, for verse 20. Because this is not who I am. This is not who you are because of verse 20. You see, in verse 20, Paul says, all of this stuff that I've just said is the fantasy. All of this stuff is the pipe dream. Because of verse 20, he says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. And it's that verse that gives every person in this room, man, woman, or child, I don't care of your past, I don't even care of your present, it gives every single one of us in this room hope for the future. Because Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. And it's verse 20 that changes Everything, guys. Verse 20 is a game changer. You see, it's because of verse 20 that we have to go to one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. You see, I almost think that the entire gospel message is summed up in this one verse. And Paul writes this just like he wrote what we just read. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Paul says this. He says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. This stuff right here is no longer true about you because you're a new creation in Christ. He says the old is gone and the new has come. And so I think it looks like this in this day and age. And I believe that there are some of us that walked in here looking just like this. You may have heard this message over and over. But I believe that the Holy Spirit brought you here today for something extraordinary to happen in your life. You see, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. And the new has come. Yeah. You see, this is you in Jesus Christ. This is you in Christ Christ. And let me tell you what this is not. This is not a redo. This is not a second chance. This is not a fresh start. This is not a new life for you that you go out of here and hope that you don't mess up this time. This is not a new life for you. So that you go out there and you do your best to keep this thing clean. You see, I will say this. It's not your responsibility to keep this clean. If it was your responsibility to keep this clean, God would have never had to send His Holy Spirit to this earth. But this is your new life. In Jesus Christ, some of you today, you desperately long to be a new creation. And I'm here today to tell you that the best news in all the world is that it has nothing to do with you. But it has everything to do with the one that we worship today. And his name is Jesus. And yes, over 2,000 years ago, he died. And he spent three days in a grave. And on the third day, he got up. And he walked around. And yes, people saw him. But today, he lives and dwells at the right hand of God Almighty in heaven. And one day, he's coming back. Yeah. One day, he's coming back. But today, the Holy Spirit is in this place. and He longs to give every single one of you the freedom and the new life that I've experienced, that many in this room have experienced. I've prayed and there's a lot of people praying for me in this very moment. As I thought, I was like, how, how, how do I want to close this thing down? Like it's really up to me in the first place. But I clearly felt God impressing upon my heart to say this. Scott, there are going to be a lot of people listening to this that have been in the church a long time Can I just say that just because you're in the church does not mean that you are in Christ. And I think that there may be some of us in here that have spent many years in the church and we've never experienced the freedom of Jesus and we've never experienced the new life that Jesus offers and so what I felt God impressing upon my heart was this new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Is not for just the one who wandered in here who has no clue about Jesus. It is for every single person who is in this place today. Whether you've been in Christ or in the church, whatever. Whether you've been in the church for five years, five minutes, or fifty years if you have never experienced the freedom of Christ, if you do not understand what it means to live in Christ and allow Him to control who you are, that's what we're offering here today for you. Oh, We don't have time this morning to go into all of that. But we believe that God placed us in this community for that very purpose. The purpose of being used by His Holy Spirit to set people free. We believe in it so much at this church that that is what drives everything we do here. You'll hear us talk a lot at this church about what's next. As soon as you leave out of here, you'll see a what's next table that will answer most, if not every one of your questions. There may be some of you today that say, you know what, I need Jesus as my Savior. Immediately following this service, that's where you need to go. Some of you here in a little while are going to see people baptized and you just weren't ready today, and that's great. But you're going to be ready the next time because we believe in baptism at this church. The what's next table is where baptism starts. But here's what I want to do before we go any further this morning I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads. You know that you need to be set free. You know you desire to be a new creation. And I'm speaking to every single person in this room. I'm not singling out one person over another. This is for every person in this room. You know you desire to be a new creation. You're sick and tired of the old you, and you long for the new. And today, God is telling you that that is possible through His Son, Jesus. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you, right where you are, today, Jesus, I'm asking you, through the power of your Holy Spirit, to set me free. And even though I don't know exactly 100% what all that entails, I am willing to take that next step to find out. Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. And I accept you as my Savior because I am ready for a new life. If that is you today What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm just going to ask you to stand where you are I'm going to ask you to stand right now where you are Would you just stand Listen, I don't want you looking around to see if anybody else is standing If that is you today I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now If you desire Christ To set you free Thank you If you're longing for the new Would you just stand to your feet Thank you Thank you. Amen. Amen. Just remain standing. I'm going to pray with every single one of you here in a second. Jesus, you see this. And Jesus, I give you all the praise and I thank you, God, for what you are doing in their hearts right now. God, I don't know how you do this through your Holy Spirit, but I'm going to ask that you give every single one that just stood to their feet. God, will you give them an assurance, a reminder, Lord, that they, right this second, have been set free through the power of your Son, Jesus. Lord, that your Son, Jesus, died for the forgiveness of their sins but he rose from the dead so that they could have new life. So God, I'm just asking that your Holy Spirit will take them, let them know that today that they are a brand new creation, that their old life is gone and that a brand new life has come through your son, Jesus Christ. God, thank you for being very real, for being very powerful. And Jesus, thank you for changing lives in this place today. If you're standing, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Do not leave this place today without stopping by the what's next table. You will be informed. You can be prayed with at the what's next table. You will know when you leave this place what your next step is. I thank you for being obedient in this place today. Right now, I'm going to ask every single one of you to stand to your feet. And here at this church, we believe in celebration. Because when someone says yes to Jesus, when someone says yes to Jesus, we celebrate. Louder than that, church. We celebrate because that is what we're here for. We're here for new life. This community needs hope. And they don't need hope in old life. They need hope in brand new life. Connection Church, thank you for what you do. Give God praise right now. Right now for new life. Amen.